my fantastic co-host Steve. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing. I'm 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 hanging in there. I'm, I'm like that little kitty on the poster. Hang in there, baby. Hang in there. <laughs> Well, Steve, you know, I want to say that I'm also hanging in there, but the reality is I'm not hanging in there. I'm completely and totally obliterated by all the amazing news that we have had come out this week. We're going to start off strong. Do we have any tournament information that we're going to be telling people this week, Steve? Well, we've got one event that we should... Uh that I wanted to mention All right. uh, that took place this past weekend. And that was the finals of the Tekken 7 King of the Hill uh, tournament series. Uh, this was, remember, the community uh, events that Bandai Namco gave some sanction to. Uh, players could compete, uh, be, uh, earn a spot as King of the Hill, and defend their title at every event. Uh, and glaciating was holding it down for the longest time he entered the finals as the reigning king of the hill champion um but it was bin chang who unseated him at the very end uh bin chang first took the open tournament over joey fury in the grand final with uh, el negro and ukio rounding out the top four then he had to face off against glaciating came down to the wire, but it was a 3-2 win uh, for Bin Chang. So Bin Chang ends the season as the King of the Hill. All hail. Congrats, as always, to the fantastic Bin Chang. Congratulations on taking that title. Uh, do we have Pardon any... me for one moment. Oh, yeah. So, everybody, I just want to remind y'all, in addition to that, of course, I just want to remind everyone who tuned in for the very last podcast, there are some amazing Them Spiting Herds DLC coming out that y'all can check out on the Humble Bundle store. So definitely, while I'm vamping, here's Steve with even more information regarding tournaments that are upcoming. Well, well, I'm sorry. I, I needed a hug, so I got a hug. Now I'm good. <laughs> now it's all good. Uh, so this week coming up, the big event is the We Play Ultimate Fighting League kickoff. Uh, if you'll remember, this was the first of three events that are going to be run by We Play uh, 16-person invitationals run in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, and we just found out the lineup, the full lineup, for the Mortal Kombat competition, which kicks off later this week. Uh, the the 16-players will be divided into uh, two groups. Uh, you've got several of the traditional heavy hitters in the mix, Foxy Grandpa and Sonic Fox, a headlining group A, uh, Dragon, Hayate, and Tekken Master rounding uh the biggest names in Group B, arguably. But you've also got some players from regions that don't necessarily get as much love. Uh, Arn Kratos holding it down for Russia. Uh, uh, MK Azerbaijan uh, is a player from, our, obviously, Azerbaijan. He's going to be in the mix as well. You've also got... Uh, you know, the established names and the players on the come up. Video Game Joe, who's who hit the scene hard in the last uh, couple years. You've got you've got a good mix of players to watch this coming week. Uh, and that will be on 
their Twitch channel. Also, they just announced that they've got a partnership with streaming platform DAZN. So if you are, uh, if you have DAZN in either the US or Europe, that's another option for you to check this out uh, this coming week. Awesome news, Steve. Uh, do we have anything else that we want to cover inside of some of these tournament results? I understand that Panda Global is doing something kind of wicked. What's up with that? Well, they just finished up something. So we mentioned it uh, previously. Panda Global has gone through, or PG Stats, excuse me. The They have what's called the PGR, the, the PG Rankings. Uh, it is an algorithmic approach to rankings. They compile tournament results, uh, primarily in Smash, uh, from all over and to figure out who is the top-ranked players, who are the top-ranked players in the world. Like I said, they primarily focus on Smash, but they have done other fighting games in the past. They did uh, Dragon Ball Fighters not too long ago. And just this past week, they concluded the rankings for uh, the top 50 Street Fighter V players of all time. And we have a graphic showing their top 20. Um, Tokido is the number one ranked player, according to PGR. Uh, rounding out the top five are Fujimura, Punk, Fudo, and Knuckledoo. Uh, you see other big names in their infiltration, the first Evo champion in the top 10, as well as Problem X, Daigo as well. So I, I wanted to ask you, top three. Let, let, let's go down to the top three. Tokido, okay, okay, okay. Fujimura, Punk. Mm -hmm. Is that your top three? You know what's funny about that is I don't think it is. I don't think that's my top three. I don't think that's my top three at all. Daigo is so far down there. It's kind of crazy. And then you have, you have, you have like, first of all, um, I know this is kind of a weird topic, but um, who specifically, who was that player who's been in literally every single Capcom Cup since the creation of Capcom Cup? Was it Luffy? Uh, Luffy, Luffy and Sien. Neither and of them are in the top five. See, That's kind of weird, I, I, right? I, I I appreciate that that argument. Um, I think if you look at the entire entire history of Street Fighter V, though, it's Tokido, Punk, Fudo, Knuckledoo. All of those players were arguably you could make the argument at one time or another that they were the best player in the world. I would. I would. Um, I would. I. I don't necessarily agree with that statement, but I think they're very strong Street Fighter players. I have an issue with it because since we've seen Street Fighter V become significantly more online, I don't feel like these necessarily represent that. You know what I mean? Well, true, but you remember, this is not just for right now. It's not mm -hmm. a power ranking. This is for the entire history of of the game. Yeah, okay, from that's fair. Beginning to end. Okay. Um I feel like punk I mean if if you're 
we think about this in both the ranking and the narrative sense. Mm -hmm. It's tough to tell the story of Street Fighter V without talking about Punk. That's true. That is very and, true. And arguably, that that there was a stretch where he was winning like 213 straight premiere events. Um, that might be a slight exaggeration, <laughs> but he he. There was a point uh, in, I believe it was 2017, mm -hmm. where he was number one in the CPT standings, and he had more than twice the points of number two. No, I so I understand that Punk is an absolute god when you come to Street Fighter Five, and I struggle to not name him as top three at all. Like I think he definitely deserves top three. My thing is that a lot of these other players that are on here, just I want to preface this yet again by stating that by no means am I a Street Fighter aficionado. This is exclusively me outside of the specific Street Fighter community looking in based off everything that I've seen as far as tournaments and everything like that. I feel like some of these other names deserve to be a little bit higher. First of all, I actually think that Daigo should be a little bit higher than Infiltration. I, I personally feel that way. I think Daigo is a stronger player, and I think that he's a little bit better. But that's just, if they're going off rankings, I understand completely. Whatever. I don't disagree with Tokido in the top three. I don't disagree with Punk in the top three. I actually think Punk should be second. But I think that Jian should also be higher. And that's just me. I, I don't know how they were weighting it. So. Um, so, so I know degree of difficulty. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's not the official name for it, but that uh is a big part of it so doing well at evo really helps infiltration winning the first evo and even though he hasn't been in basically any tournaments for two like two street fighter tournaments of note over the past two years uh because of uh the the thing that shall not be named yeah yeah uh, yeah and still making seventh out of that um just it's shows that there's a lot of, yeah there's a lot of weight on those bigger events fujimura he might you might not have that period like a tokido or a punk where you'd argue he's the number one player at that moment mm -hmm. but he seemingly makes top eight at evo every year going back to when he was yukadon you know what so, I would actually argue here, Steve, and I'm so sorry to cut you off here. I would actually argue that what has more weight than any of that is Kwanzai subscribing at tier one for 40 months now. Love to see it. Thank you so much for supporting the stream. 40 months. That's over three years. Thank you so much for your support as always. Thank you. Everyone who subscribes to us, everyone who retweets us, watches us, uh, follows us on Twitter, follows us on Twitch. Everything you do helps us make this show as as good as it can be. And it's very appreciated, everyone. It is. We're working on so much more for the show right now. I know Steve, Elon, and I have been in talks consistently about how we can make everything better, and we are working hard at it. But Steve, you know what? You brought up a very good point regarding rankings, and I know we could talk so much longer on it, but we do unfortunately have quite a bit more news to cover. So I'm going to give you the final 30 seconds here to get your point across starting now. Man, um, I, I I feel like these rankings shouldn't necessarily be seen as an absolute. Mm 
but they are a very good starting point. You know, and anytime you have something that's based solely on data, input in, input out, you get there's value in those uh, results. But there's also you know the so-called eye test, and you see it with March Madness. You see it with any sort of uh, committee that determines a ranking or a playoff bracket. You know how much should we value purely results versus how much, you know, just the eye test. You know what? As always, Steve, fantastic points. Completely understand what you're saying. Sometimes you just have a feel for these type of things. And obviously, rankings won't always account for your personal feelings or your personal thoughts regarding rankings. But you know what, Steve? We have even more information to cover off here. And that is the final part of the Capcom Pro Tour 2021. Why don't you go ahead and run it through it for us? Well, actually, we have the trailer because this was announced last earlier than the week. And we thought maybe this would be the biggest story of the week. But no, we've got more stuff. But check check out this trailer, uh, the announcement trailer for the Capcom Pro Tour 2021. All right. So, yeah, uh, the first of the 2021 Pro Tours to announce has been announced. And it is the Capcom Pro Tour. Uh, it is going to be an all-online affair once again uh, from the beginning. Because if you remember, the World Warriors uh, with the traditional tournaments and then the regional World Warrior stages, and we ne we're going to find out about that later, and then 2020 happened. <laughs> that is so... how it be, huh? There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of 2020 happening last year. Last year was a hell of a decade. True. Very true. Very, very true. I think we can all agree when you say that. So we've got, uh, so like I said, it's all online. Uh, it will end in the Capcom or Capcom Cup uh, that is slated to take place in early 2022 as of now uh, with a $200,000 prize pool. They also said that top Four in each of these online tournaments will get a $5,000 cash prize to split, which, yeah, which I think is really nice. Um, I will have to double check with uh, how that will work in Brazil and a couple other nations because there has always been this uh, issue with legality around uh, awarding cash prizes in fighting game tournaments because in some nations it is considered video games are still considered a game of chance so it falls under gambling regulations there's a little bit of clarification i will seek uh from capcom on that but we do have the list of qualifying events for uh capcom cup or for the capcom pro tour uh you see North America gets six events, uh, two in the Midwest, two in the mid or two in the East, two in the West. No big surprises there. Asia, nine spots for them, uh, including uh, Japan getting four. Uh, so it's not necessarily equal qualification this time. Uh, I don't think too many people are going to have that big of an issue with Japan. Uh, getting the most spots out of any nation because there is historically Japan's been one of the hottest spot for Street Fighter. So 
I don't think anyone's you're going to see too many complaints there. Uh, new bit of new representation in the EMEA region. You've got your traditional uh, Europe, uh, UK gets a couple spots. Uh, Spain, Portugal, France gets a couple spots. Uh, but also look at the very bottom of that list. South Africa gets its own qualifier. There will be a South African player at Capcom Cup 2022 or 2021. Now, uh, Steve, I'm looking, I'm looking at this here and I'm just seeing literally so much more representation than before. Like you stated, South Africa, having a player is a big deal. Has this happened before, Steve? Is this maybe the first time we're seeing this? So among the major uh, global tournaments, we've seen, we haven't seen anything in South Africa. We haven't seen anything in Central Africa or Northern Africa. You occasionally get uh, Morocco, you know, like the very tip of Africa, get representation. Uh, but, you know, and... Uh, we we talked a while ago about uh, what the tournament scene in Cote d'Ivoire was doing. They unfortunately do not have a chance to qualify. I would love to see pl every player in the world get at least a shot at getting in uh, to see one of their own uh, get represented at Capcom Cup. But we do have to recognize that, yeah, South Africa getting getting a, a spot in Capcom Cup is a nice step in that direction. We're not all the way there yet, but it's good to see some progress on that front. Uh, props, obviously, to Capcom, because this could not have been easy to facilitate. There are several different countries on here, and I know that Capcom may not necessarily have headquarters in each one of these countries, so reaching out to the community managers and community leaders in these countries is always a huge deal, and as always, keeping your area, keeping your community visible is obviously uh, hard dedication and hard work of all the tournament organizers. So I just want to say shout outs to all the fantastic Street Fighter Capcom organizers who have been working very hard to make sure that their areas get representation as always. And, I, and before we go anywhere else, mm -hmm. I just want to say um, I, it, it's called Stage of Galaxy or, sta or Ring of Galaxy, I think, th this year's CPT stage. Oh. I think it's the best stage, easily. <laughs> Of did, all the let me stage. let me see if I can pull up a picture here for you, Steve, because we do actually, uh, unfortunately, have something to prove you wrong. I'm going to go ahead and just pull up uh, a clip from the uh, from from the movie uh, from the from the the video source that we had earlier, and let's just go ahead and check to see exactly exactly how incorrect. Now, Steve, I want to just know why do you personally believe that this is such a good stage? Like, talk to talk me through this. You know, it's it's one of those things. It either comes together or it doesn't. And this one just comes together so beautifully. It, it It's just, you know, they, they've gotten away from the ring aspect. You know, you had the, the Ring of Destiny. Um, you had, like, sort of like the, the sumo stage. You had the wrestling stage. This time, yeah, look at that. 
just look at that. I don't that know. Is a I'm not seeing it, Steve. Stage. I'm, I'm not. I'm, you know what? Honestly, I am not seeing it. I'm just. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I just need to slow it down a little bit. Let me go ahead and just slow it down about twenty percent here, and we can just let it rock. Uh, you know, I'm really just not seeing. I'm not seeing what makes this stage worth ten dollars. You know, it, it's it's not even on Earth. You've got Earth in the background. Th this battle is so big that they have to take all of the fighters. The best fighters in the world, they got to take them out of the world and put them on this specially crafted stage just for it to happen. You're not selling me on this, Steve. I, I, I don't think I need to sell you on this. Oh, okay. You know objectively what? Objectively, <laughs> the best stage ever created for Street Fighter. Really? Okay. Well, you know what? You know what, Steve? I'm going to let you have it, and that's only because we have so much more news to cover today. Why don't we get into what I really wanted to talk about, to be very honest with you, and it's not because I have an agenda. It's because I have... I have thoughts. Okay, I have thoughts. Let's start with some of the most topical news that we have, of course, and that's going to be Evo. Evo came out with a crazy huge announcement earlier today, uh, and I'm sorry, not earlier today, earlier this week. Specifically, why don't you talk us through it as as always, Steve? Why don't you just, I'm going to give you the floor, and then we'll have a discussion about it afterwards. I, like, I'm going to set this up, and I still don't believe it's real. Right? Um, <laughs> it just feels because, uh, like, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Evo as if we knew it wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now, not only is it happening, it's happening under new management. Oh my gosh. So, yes. So, we found so earlier this week, uh, we got an announcement from Evo uh, that it was acquired. By Sony. Yes, that Sony. PlayStation Sony. Walkman Sony. So we, here is uh, in part the statement that they made in regards to that. Uh, quote, today we're thrilled to announce the next chapter in the story of PlayStation and Evo, the world's largest and long longest running fighting game tournament. Sony Interactive Entertainment has teamed up with RTS to acquire Evo through a joint venture partnership. With expertise spanning the esports management, brand and developer uh, con consulting, and gaming excuse me, gaming talent management, RTS is a new venture led by CEO Stuart Saw and backed by investors including global entertainment and uh, sports and content company Endeavor. Uh, the quote continues, Evo co-founders Tom and Tony Cannon will remain closely involved in an advisory role to ensure Evo continues to service the fighting game community and support its vibrant growth. This partnership marks a new collaboration, bringing together the resources and expertise that will allow us to elevate the global reach, scale, and fan engagement surrounding this iconic gaming tournament. End quote. Also, as part of that statement, we heard from the Cannon Brothers, the uh, two of the three heads who co-founded Evo. And, and they said in their statement, quote, in order to deliver on the trust you have all put in Evo, we realize that we need an experienced strategic partner who truly respects the spirit of the FGC. 
This is why we're excited to announce that Evo has become part of the joint partnership of Sony Interactive Entertainment and RTS. The new partnership is committed to bringing amazing tournaments and competitive gaming experiences back to you this year and beyond. We're, we're thrilled to work with the teams at PlayStation and RTS to bring you Evo 2021 online this August. More information on the event will follow. This is huge news, hearts. Steve. This is huge yeah. news. I am super excited. Um, you know, honestly, I will start by saying that uh, it's no secret that earlier uh, last year I had been selected to commentate Skullgirls for EVO, which was an amazing opportunity. I was very excited. I was actually going to be commentating with uh, the voice actor of Beowulf, otherwise known as Kai Kennedy. I was very, very excited about that opportunity. I'd been studying, and I was actually going to be the very first African-American female to ever commentate EVO Japan finals ever, which was a huge deal for me. Um, and unfortunately, I actually had to go ahead and... Uh, I had to go ahead and state that I would no longer be doing so uh, because of the news that came out around EVO 2020 uh, prior to them canceling it. But what I'm very happy to say is that after I heard that management had changed hands, I'm in so incredibly excited to, to, to throw my hat in for commentary again this year and hopefully get it. Honestly, I know last year was a very big opportunity, not something that I took very lightly because EVO is a very respected event, as it always has been. But seeing that uh, the two organizers, Tony and Tom Cannon, who honestly, let's just be real, let's just be very, very real about it. They have been pillars inside of the community for a very long time. It is no secret that they were operating evolution at a huge loss uh, to them personally for the first several years that the event has been going on they've talked about this they've 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 uh hosted panels talking about it they've hosted events and hosted panels talking about how to be a better event organizer how to structure yourself how to organize and create a community that can become stronger they they have put so much time and money into the community it was so nice to see them stand up uh, at a point in time when the largest event that they had basically helped to create needed them and that's not something that was taken lightly by myself and i know other organizers definitely saw that and really respected them for that because to be very honest with you um steve as you know they are both actively working on project l like they were working to design and work on that game like they didn't need to be management for evo any longer them stepping up and saying not only are we going to step up and, and take respect and, and take back what we originally worked on to make sure it goes in the vision that we know it always should we're also going to make sure that it gets you know officiated by all of these huge huge companies we want to make sure that the environment and the ecosystem is consistent with what the fighting game community deserves that's beautiful you know what i mean steve I know what you mean, but I don't know exactly how much uh, how much weight they're going to give mm -hmm. uh, the Cannon Brothers. That's because fair. obviously this is, you know, we're, we've talked about groups with money coming into the FGC. Mm -hmm. This is not a group with money. This is a group with money. Mm. So PlayStation, obviously, Sony. You know what they've got in the in the war chest. RTS is a new company that's being formed from Endeavor. This is the company 
uh, that ha let me list off some of the uh, subsidiaries. IMG. This is uh, the talent management company, IMG. Uh, Zufa, the parent company of UFC Ultimate Fighting. Uh, they've also got uh, stream. They they've got streaming deals uh, with uh, NHL, Major League Baseball. They have boatloads of money that they can throw at it. If whatever that doesn't necessarily mean that they will, but they have the capability of doing that. So they can they can take this. They can take Evo in whatever direction they want almost. And whether that vision aligns with what Tony and Tom, what their vision is, remains to be seen. But Steve, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here because I understand the fear. I have talked about this fear ad nauseum on previous streams. Have I not? I've talked about, uh, you know, organizations that take advantage of the FGC, organizations that take advantage of players, organizations that take advantage of organizers and their community. I have talked about this and everyone who listens to the podcast normally understands how I feel about this. I have a lot of trust personally inside of the Cannon Twins. I just, I do. I'm not going to lie. I've, they are a lot of what I have attempted to do personally when I've been running Xanadu locals. I looked to them and to see their model for what they did for success. I, they were one of the main sources in helping me understand what type of environment and community I wanted to create at my locals to help inspire the next generation of fighting game players so regardless of what they do i trust them 100 percent. i trust tom and tony 100 percent. there is almost nothing that they could do short of being like you know what we have officially sold off the evo ip uh it's no longer in any way whatsoever uh associate it with sure you can LLC. If they told me that, then I'd be like, dang, that's disappointing. But I, I well, have no thoughts about them doing that. You know what I mean? Because I feel like they generally care so much about fighting games. I don't think that would ever happen. You talk about Shoryuken. If you go to the, uh, go to Shoryuken.com right now, it's basically a statement saying, hey, uh, Evo and Shoryuken have been purchased by uh, Sony and RTS, uh, we're just, quote, we're suspending the site while we work through what this new partnership means for the future of SRK, end quote. So, you know, obviously that was all interconnected. Mm -hmm. The, you know, when, when it was, uh, the, just the Cannon Brothers and Mr. Wizard, and then later just the Cannon Brothers, that was all in, interconnected. Mm -hmm. Now, this is an esports company in RTS who has a hand in e-league already. And Sony, who has been, who's obviously pulled into this is esports. Um, they've sponsored Evo in the past. They hosted Capcom Cup in the past. They have uh, their tournament series that includes several different fighting games. That's where the value is. Not so much SRK. So I don't know what the future of the site holds. I don't know what value that site holds 
for Sony, what that site holds, uh, what value that site holds for Endeavor. So this could be the end of an era in that regard, especially since we were talking about we've already had a period where the, that front page wasn't getting updated for a couple months at a time where the forums were going to go down and then they're backed up and now they're still in sort of a, you know, the wikis associated with it are sort of in a state of flux right now. So again, there, the value of this deal is the tournament. It's the Evo brand. They could obviously say, Hey, we're creating our own fighting game event. It's going to be awesome. Trust us on it. It's sponsored by Sony, but that's not what they're doing. They want Evo. They got Evo. They got the Evo brand. They've got all of the memories. They've got Moment 37. They've got um, Woshige. No! They've got all of that in their library now. So they want to, for lack of a better term, cash in on that. Mm-hmm. And the website is just sort of like, oh, yeah, we got that too. Cool. I'm a little bit more optimistic. Like I said before, I just, I generally couldn't imagine taking a deal that would stop so much history from existing. And I, I almost feel like, because I would never do that as an organizer, I can't imagine that Tom and Tony would ever, you know, like, it's really hard for me personally to ever see that being an option. And knowing that even when it was advantageous for them to shut down the website and to close off the forums and to just, they didn't have enough money and capital coming in, they still kept it up and they found another option around it. I just, I literally cannot imagine them just saying, you know what, uh, F this, like it's gone forever. You know, like I, I just don't feel like that. And I know that's not what you're saying, but I know that I have, I did see comments underneath it saying things like oh nintendo is now never going to be at evo say goodbye to smash uh you know srk is dying all these guesstimation and rumors that i just feel like people aren't really understanding that the organizers behind this huge deal have a lot of respect for the fgc in general and with that respect comes a lot of trust that people inside the community have and i know that they're only going to do things that will affect the community in a positive way whether or not that that's that helps directly the Skullgirls community or the smash community or even the street fighter community remains to be seen but i'm sure that they had every intention of making sure that you know we come out of this better than we went into it you know I, I, I get that. I hope you're right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if someone's throwing seven figures at you, now granted, I don't know what the financial terms of that deal were. Mm-hmm. But if someone was saying, hey, you know, this th- this hobby that you've had, this pa- this passion that you've had, can I have it for like three, four million dollars? A lot of people would be, you know, especially if you've got a job now Mm -hmm. that could potentially pay quite well, because as you mentioned, the cannons are over at uh, Riot Games and we've got some potential news on that uh, a little later in the show. Keep on the, I'm segueing, I'm segueing, Steve, I promise. Okay, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) But, but you mentioned the the games, Uh, you know, as part of this announcement, they announced that over the first two weeks of August, 
there would be an Evo online this year. Do, I um, believe we have a graphic, and we're gonna. Why don't we go ahead and talk about some of the games that came out for it, Steve? Yep. Yeah, uh, so we've got four games that have been announced, and the website does say that more games will be announced at a later date. So this is not the complete lineup, uh, but we do have, uh, as you'd expect, uh, mostly PS4 and PS5 titles: Guilty Gear Strive, Mortal Kombat 11. Street Fighter V. Those first two are PS4 and PS5 exclusive uh, as the tournament console. Street Fighter V uh, does have crossplay uh, with PC. Uh, it is not available on Xbox, so I don't think they necessarily mind uh, showing PC love there. But the interesting one is Tekken 7, which is available on PS4. But Evo will not be hosted on PS4. It will be hosted on PC. And only PC. So, that... What do we read into that? Uh, here's my thing. I'm a little bit befuddled. Because last year, I felt like we had such a strong showing of fantastic online games like Skullgirls, Them's Fighting Herds, Killer Instinct. I was very excited to see those games there. I'm excited to see Strive. I'm incredibly excited to see Strive because I know that Strive's beta was amazing. I am kind of hoping that we still get Skullgirls and Them's Fighting Herds this year because both games had DLC coming out. Both games have had a very strong showing as well. And I just, I really want it back. I really want it back. You know, uh, I, I'm i hoping that there's more announcements to follow. And I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a finite listing. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, there's only four games here. I feel like they would, of course, add a couple more games. But this is a pretty good listing for a lot of very hardcore, uh, very hardcore fighting game players. It's just, I had hopes, you know, Steve? You know me, and, I'm a very hopeful person. You know, and, and this is sort of the thing. Evo, you know, for everything you could say about Evo, like, oh, it's too much of a convention, it's mm -hmm. all about the reveals now. But it was still, you know, their responsibility was to the fighting game community, mm -hmm. first and foremost. They were associated with a fighting game website. They The origins were from a a regional fighting game tournament that got bigger and bigger so you know and it was run by people who were passionate about fighting games mm -hmm. you know you could so seeing things like the uh street fighter 2 tournament of champions they could say they could just directly ask capcom you know or at least they're contacting capcom hey can we make this happen and that's not to say that those sorts of things won't happen under this new ownership, but it'll that, be significantly yeah. harder to be very honest when you don't have that type of relationship with people. Like I know for a fact, because like there have been times where I used to run the skull girls tour and it was significantly easier for me to contact uh, at the time lab zero and be like, Hey, we want to use your IP. We're doing this huge community tournament. It's not for profit. Uh, is, can we do it? And they'd be like, yes, 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 yes. And it's one email. Whereas 
of course, with a larger chain, like if we were, let's just say, uh, if we were like, I don't know, I'm just throwing out a name right now, I really wanna make that clear. If we were like Esports Arena and we contacted Lab Zero, I'm sure there'd be a lot more red tape. You know what I mean? Because we're an official for-profit company and everything. We're not really community heads. People don't know who we are. People don't know what our intentions are with everything. But if you come to someone as like, I'm very invested in this community. I've been playing fighting games my entire life. Can I show your community some love? Can I show the game some love? Uh, I may be making this much money off of it, but here's what I can offer you type of thing. Companies are always more excited to work with people like that, I feel, because they know it's only positive marketing. But yet again, I want to I want to state for the record, I am so incredibly optimistic about this acquisition. I can't I cannot stress that enough. You know, do you really want to know why, Steve? Do you really want to know why? And I'm going to get rid of the graphic for a second because I want to ask me, do you want to know why I am so excited about this acquisition, Steve? Here's the thing. For a very long time, and I actually have I actually have background music for this that's not going to get us DCMA'd. Uh, <laughs> Steve, here, here's the thing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Here's the thing, Steve. For a very long time, we here in the United States of America, very specifically on my stream, twitch.tv slash the purple sharpie, have been talking about the woes of TOing and how frustrating it is to have to spend 17 hours of your day after every single tournament and before every single tournament desyncing PlayStation 4 controllers. That takes up time, resources, and just overall sanity points that I don't necessarily have, Steve. And it's very, very, very frustrating. But I am so incredibly excited and so incredibly thankful for the foresight that came from these fantastic organizers, these godsend of organizers, Tom and Tony Cannon, for taking time to recognize that what really needs to happen is we need to get Sony involved with these tournaments and say, hey, Sony, desync our controllers on the PlayStation 5. Give us a tournament mode. Bless us with something more. And sir, I say to you, thankfully on God's green earth in 2021, I will be so excited to see it happen. So incredibly excited. You know what I mean, preach. Steve? <laughs> uh, preach. Yeah, but that does bring up a, an interesting point. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're talking about Sony doing this. Are we going to see games on other platforms? You mm. know, obviously, Smash is probably not going to have a PS4 port anytime soon. You know, never say never in this business, but I'm, I feel fairly secure that that's not going to happen. Are we going to see, are we going to see Smash at Evo again? Are we going to see games like Killer Instinct? Are we going to see games that are sort where the lead platform is PC, like a Them's Fighting Herds, like uh, Skullgirls, even at this point? Uh, Markman, who is part of Evo Management, mm -hmm. or at least was, I, I, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure uh, if he's still on. He did come out and say that uh, they are looking at uh, that all platforms would be welcome. So the possibility is not uh, eliminated for a game like Smash, but Nintendo did come out and say that they were monitoring Evo uh, as well as other tournaments in uh, 
when it comes to determining their uh, plans for online and offline Smash tournaments in the future. So that is going to be a very interesting relationship to watch should uh, that be something that Evo wants to do in the future. Now, Steve, I know we've been sitting here talking a lot about uh, about specifics regarding Evo, and uh, I want to kind of turn the tables just a little bit, but not before I do go ahead and just fact check you on one thing, not necessarily in a negative way, but I do want to state that I do know for a fact that Mac Markman is still uh, a part of the business development side of Evo, uh, so Thank he you. does actively work and is employed by Evo. Uh, so his statement stating that uh, Smash will still be included and other games will still be included can be considered fact, uh, a specific Evo tabloid, as you stated before. I have personally confirmed this, so I, I just wanted to add that as well. But not before I transition into some of the most bombastic, crazy news of the night, which I am going to go ahead and bring in here. Now, everybody... We have been very, very careful on this podcast. Me specifically have been very, 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 very careful about what we discuss. And we want to make sure that it's newsworthy. We want to only bring you the top of the cream of the crop, everybody. We want to make sure that you know what is happening. And y'all, I am so incredibly excited to announce that we have some amazing news for y'all. All right. This is not breaking news by any means. But guess what? We have our very first look at Project L right now. Guess what? Someone actually tweeted out earlier, got some high, huge news for you in regards to Project L. Apparently, they are already coming out with some of the betas for people inside of the Los Angeles location right now. If you are in there and you got this email, please go ahead and tag us. Hashtag Best of Visha. We want to talk to you. We would love to interview you, get some thoughts, and get some words about how you feel about this news and what you think is in store. Would love to hear it. Absolutely love to hear it. But y'all, it's kind of crazy, is it not? It really is. It really is. In all seriousness, everyone, this is kind of this is kind of great because uh it's not only our first official look at, uh, you know, what is behind Project L. This is literally the first news we're hearing about it since Riot came out with their 10-year anniversary video, where I, I believe it was, was it Tony Cannon, Steve? Was it Tony or Tom? I don't, I don't remember which one it was. I believe it was Tom. Okay, I, my apologies. Where Tom stated, uh, this is all we can show for now. We're going to be in a little bit of a blackout for a while. And this is literally the very first official news that we have seen in any regards whatsoever. And of course, it's just a screenshot of an email stating that uh, they are actively looking for people for beta testing. This email does state, obviously, that there'll be no screen captures. There'll be nothing they can leak or anything like that. It's exclusively to get knowledge. Steve, let's talk. So, What are so your feelings right now? So this screenshot came from uh, a person on Twitter who goes by the Skilled Roy. Uh, he's on Twitter. He's also on YouTube. He has been tracking the development of Project L. And he has a video that sort of goes into more detail on this. Um, so what you saw was an invitation to take a survey for a potential uh, playtest event uh, in April and May. Uh, the surveys uh, cannot be shown, uh, but he has talked to several people who got that email, and that's the survey that followed was all about fighting games. 
which basically all but confirms that this playtest that Riot is looking for is for Project L. So if we're we're apparently very close to whatever Project L is going to be playing it and sharing their thoughts at least directly with Riot. Okay, so Steve, what you're telling me is not only was I not invited for the survey, but the people who play in the survey aren't even going to play in the beta. I put on these slightly larger glasses for nothing. Is that what you're telling me, Steve? Well, it, it like I said, I don't have all the answers, but it does appear that this is going to be not necessarily, we're, we're not talking about early playtesting, you know, where you get a, a handful of people who are like experts in fighting games to sort of figure things out. This seems to be a wider playtest where you're getting players from with all sorts of backgrounds uh, to get their hands on it. So a little farther along. Uh, Ultra David, I, I see you in the chat. You didn't get an email either. Uh, RIP to your boy. Pour, pour a little. Nope, I can't pour it out. I was going to pour Can a little just... out, but then I re realized that it's on my desk. It's a rough one. It's really rough news, honestly, Steve. It's just, it's really heartbreaking, you know, because I was, I was sitting here very excited when I saw the news. And um, I just have to say my heart has been shattered. Uh, that's all. That's all I wanted I'm... to share on this very I'm public so... podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. I feel like you're I, personally I, responsible for my heart shattering here because uh, you showed me this news before the podcast and um, you're the reason I'm seeing it. So, As a wise man once said, I never meant to break, break your break, break your heart. I don't have a rim shot sound for you, but I, I know you can edit it in here. That's that's the only reason why I said it this week. Because <laughs> right. I knew I could get away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we do have some more time. So I do want to talk about, uh, because one of the things I've been very, very clear about is I do not want to engage in speculation regarding Project L until we have actual gameplay to work off of. And I'm really, really trying to stick to that because I don't want to showcase the game in a negative light before we know for sure what's happening. I don't want it to be uh mbci all over again i want to be fair to the game uh but steve do you have any thoughts about what this specifically may look like in playtesting this upcoming year it's you know it's we're talking about you know throwing darts at a board here i mean you can obviously look at something like rising thunder uh which had which one of the biggest selling points was less complicated inputs at, and seeing as how the Cannon Brothers worked on that, then got hired by Riot. So a lot of people, it would make sense if this was sort of an evolution on that idea. Who knows, though? This might be a little closer to a traditional fighting game. It could be. It, it's, it's way too early to tell, but I am really excited to see I'm really excited to see people get their hands on it and so we can start to figure out exactly what this game is going to be. It, it has so much potential. It could be a million different things. And because of the company behind it, it could be a game changer. 
You know well, what, Steve? It's really, it's really interesting that you bring up Game Changers uh, only for the singular fact that, as a matter of fact, everybody, I just want to remind y'all, I just want to go ahead and remind y'all that Shanty DLC is actually coming out this Thursday. Them's Fighting Herds. You can purchase it for $4.99. Go to buy.themsfightingherds.com to pick it up inside of the Humble Store. It's a fantastic game with fantastic information. We have a lobby avatar of Shanty. We have the character of Shanty. We even have a brand new stage, the Capricorn. If you're not playing them, Fighting Hearts 2.0, you just ain't playing fighting games. And y'all, you can take my word for it. It's a great game. Why aren't you playing them, Fighting Hearts? Fantastic game. Fantastic netcode. Fantastic, amazing animation. Play the game. All right. And with that, with that, I do so, want to bring you back, Steve. What's up? I, I, I want to say, uh, those of us who were those of you who are here last week, um, we did have some technical issues. Mm -hmm. um, I did edit as much as I could for the audio and video podcast. So if you follow us on YouTube and uh, SoundCloud or any of your other favorite uh, podcast platforms, you can go back and listen to an edited version of that uh, interview with Aaron and Oreo. It was a really, really good look into uh, where uh main six is at uh heading into the release of shanty so definitely check that out and i i want to apologize again everybody for those technical difficulties and i just want to say i really appreciate and respect the co-host steve here who worked incredibly hard to edit that uh so definitely check it out on our youtube and soundcloud like he said prior now steve i know for a fact that there are some other things you like to go ahead and discuss. Why don't we go ahead and talk about it, Steve? What's next up on the agenda? Um, let's talk about world leaders. Okay. Okay. Here, let's hear you. Let's hear you. Because you know, we want our world leaders to fight for us. If we elect someone, we want them to fight for us. But how many of them actually fight for us? And I don't mean, like, believe in the things we believe in. I mean, how many literally are going to throw fists on your behalf? Not too many, but we have one more. We have one now, at least if you live in Poland. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the question of the day, because that sort of relates to that. Uh, we asked, let, I'll ask chat this as well, um, which fighting game politician would you vote for? Who has your vote? And your options were uh, Lydia, the new character for Tekken 7, uh, Poland's Prime Minister, uh, Cody, the mayor of Metro City, Hagar, the former mayor of Metro City, or G, president of the world. And I have to say, um, there was a significant writing campaign for chips enough. And I apologize. Although we, we acknowledge his campaign, he didn't have quite enough signatures to make that final four ballot. Uh, but as of right now, it's a very close race. G has about 31% of the vote. Hagar just under 30%. Uh, Lydia, more than 25%. No one wants Cody. No one wants Mayor Cody for some reason. I apologize. All right, so let's check out the trailer for Lydia. 
So everyone, incredibly exciting, incredibly exciting. It looks like we will finally have some amazing Lydia DLC coming out later this week. And uh, it looks like, unfortunately, we've lost Steve temporarily on the cast right now. We're in the process of bringing him back. But doesn't she look great, everybody? That's kind of amazing. I have to say, um, I'm not personally a Tekken player, but she looks kind of cool. I'm, I, I like, I like the whole, I like the whole, you know, she's just kind of in between work calls, going in to go fight for Tekken. It's a, it's a, it's kind of cool. It's kind of nice. Uh, the music, I have to say, is absolutely godlike. Big fan of that. Um, and unfortunately, I do have to say I'm not a big fan of her hair. I don't know what it is. I don't, I literally don't know what it is. I just don't like the way her hair looks. But the graphics and everything inside that trailer were amazing. Uh, a lot of her kit looks kind of cool too. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see. Go ahead and post in chat. Will you be playing her? Uh, will you be excited to see how she interacts with some new members of the cast? What's going on here? Um, I know that a lot of our fan base may not necessarily be specifically into Tekken, but they may be Tekken adjacent, and that's what we're trying to gauge right now. So um, I, know, I, I know I'm still in the process of trying to get Steve back on the cast, but please bear with me. Um, everyone, I just want to note that we have a couple of comments obviously coming from chat. Uh, Steve, can you hear me? Steve, can you hear me? No? Nothing? Still? Oof. Okay. Uh, it's relatively unfortunate, honestly. I don't know why Discord's acting up right now. It'd be really funny if there's a Discord outage in the middle of in the middle of our podcast. But uh, it's 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 somewhat unfortunate. As for right now, I will say uh, good on obviously Tekken for coming out with yet another very strong Lydia launch. And you know you gotta say Poland hasn't really had a lot of amazing. You know I want to say fantastic fighting game characters, but Lydia looks amazing grats to her all right um it looks like i'm gonna be solo casting the remainder of this we do still have a little bit of news here and i believe that news is that we actually have yet another kof release so we're gonna go ahead and just roll that trailer for you and we'll talk about it afterwards without any further ado here is the latest character to be announced inside of king of fighters Yes, everybody, it looks like we're going to have the very famous Super Smash Brothers fighting XL player and SNK Heroines player, Terry Bogard, entering at long last the KOF universe. It's so great to see a crossover character like this finally listed as an original IP callback. You know, I, I just have to say, as someone who is very, very much so uh, longed to see Smash players inside of things like this, it's so great to see Terry making appearance. We also got to see his team being brought back. I just, of course, I just, I just, I just, I just. But it is really nice. Everyone kind of knew that Terry was coming out. But I do have to say, these weekly appearances of SNK characters inside of KOF is honestly only bright my quarantined soul. I know I talk about this every single week. It was nice to see gameplay inside of the trailer, high-level gameplay at that. It was nice to see the return of the team. I'm, I'm blanking on the team name right now, but I know it's a very famous team. It's great to see that, and I don't think Terry Bogart was a big surprise to anyone who is uh, inside of the KOF community, but it's always great, as always, to just see that addition. It's nice to see a little trailer. It's nice to have something exciting. Uh, thank Thank you, team Fatal Fuel. 
Team Fatal Fury is what I'm seeing inside the chat. Thank you very much, Blue and Q-Ball. Uh, but it's always great to see brand name recognition coming back uh i did jest earlier that you know terry bogart is a smash player uh fighting xl all these other things but the reality is terry definitely has that brand recognition and because terry bogart is in so many other games right now that trailer is bound to bring in a plethora of other fighting game players who may not have touched kof and this may actually be their very first kof game like kof 15 may be their very first king of fighters game ever and that's exclusively because terry has been present in so many other games so it's really nice to see things like that unfortunately unfortunately it looks like we're actually not able to get steve to reconnect i appreciate so much all of your patience as always i think i'm just gonna have to go ahead and close down the cast from this point but i want to appreciate all of our followers and all of our listeners for coming through for yet another very strong podcast where I sit here and talk about, um, as if I'm reading this correctly, the history of the KFC frying mechanic inside of the latest X, uh, no, 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 fighting games, fighting games, fighting games. So uh, thank you so much, everybody, for coming to the Fighting Game Podcast. As always, feel free to subscribe, follow, whatever, I don't know. I don't think we have any cool catchphrases on our outro, but what I do want to say is that every real podcaster has a catchphrase. Good night, Canada. I'm sorry I stole your thing, Steve. <laughs>